Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. Yar, this is Captain Tom from the Small Scale Life. Time to walk the plank, me mateys. It's National Talk Like a Pirate Day this week at Small Scale Life, and it's time to tell ye landlubbers a tale about the garden that will feed me crew. Yes, me mateys, this is what we call a thing. Tis true that dead, te- dead men tell no tales, but tis a good one, eh? So take a seat on yonder stool and grab a pint of grog as I give you a fall garden update for the week. Yes, dear friends, National Talk Like a Pirate Day was this week. And in case you missed it for some reason, you're getting a little dose of the fun here on Small Scale Life. This is your host, Tom. This is Season 2, Episode 21, Lucky 21. And uh, I'm posting a Fall Garden update on this podcast. So I also have a couple videos. So go to the smallscalelife.com and check those out. And we'll show you how the garden is doing this late in the season. Keep in mind that the first day of fall is Friday, September 22nd, and at this point we're watching the forecast for the first frost up here in Zone 4B. I'll have more um, fall garden updates before the the end of the season since there's plenty of gardening left to do before the snow flies. In case you're new to Small Scale Life, this is all about, this is a podcast and a blog dedicated to intentional living through learning, doing, and growing. We're focused on gardening, healthy lifestyle, and having some adventures along the way. We always want to learn, do, and grow. We're glad you he- you're here. Please hit subscribe if you're on iTunes or uh, or YouTube or on any of our other social media platforms and listening to me. Um, come back to Small Scale Life Off and we're going to have tons going on here at the blog. So we're glad you're here. Thank you for coming. And uh, let's just jump right into the podcast. We'll go um, advertisement free. I'm using my air quotes, but advertisement free today. So, um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the garden. Um, you know, uh, we'll got a bunch going on things are growing and uh i also got going on some fall crops so let's give a little update about that first uh we'll talk fall crops and then we'll go through each bed and uh and then we'll go from there so fall crops um you know it's something that i've always wanted to do and the past few years i really haven't done much of it but uh you know a couple weeks ago right at the um right when we turned into September I went into the garage and dusted off the seedling trays pulled them out of storage they've been shoved in a dark dark lonely corner there in our North Minneapolis garage after the move so I pulled those out and uh, decided that I wanted to do um, some quick growing crops I'm in zone 4b and uh, if you don't know your zone I do provide a link to find your zone so you can see um, when you will um, when you can expect the first frost and also um, you know find out what crops will what plants will grow in your zone no reason to start oranges up here because we're in zone 4b and we're going to have frost and snow before you know it so um you know i'm in zone 4b 
and our first frost could be early as early as October 10th. So there's not much time left. And, um, you know, I starting fall crops in late September or early September means that there's just not a lot left. There's not a lot of time left. Uh, before that first frost, first frost. Really, I should have started the stuff about mid-August, but uh, we're going to go with what we're working with. But um, no, there's a really good chance that I'm not going to get much from these plants. But uh, especially if we have an early frost, which is a possibility, we've been having a cool fall, and uh, it's really possible that we could have an early frost this year. But anyway, I wanted to get some pl- fall plants growing. I think that. Um, you know, the type of plants that I was selecting, and I'll go into that in a separate podcast, you know, just what plants you should think about as you're going into fall. But uh, I purposely selected some quick growing crops and uh, they can handle some colder temperatures. They can, actually, some crops do better when you have that first frost. And a couple examples are spinach and um, and kale. They both do pretty well with colder temperatures and frost they actually they actually get a little sweeter but um you know so i wanted to get quick growing crops that could handle some cooler temps and uh that we could maybe get something out of before um old man winter hits so i'm focusing on lettuce spinach sugar snap peas and green beans for the garden this fall so i grabbed my existing seed trays and cells uh i added dirt right into the cells just like you normally would and I loaded up 144 cells with the pro mix potting soil and really it was one of the winners from the earlier potting soil challenge uh, that I talked about early in the season um, you know where I tested three different soils so I uh, loaded the seed trays up and then added seeds uh, that I had on hand you know um just as an experiment, I wanted to see what would happen. Uh, I dropped some, um, I pre-soaked the sugar snap peas. I soaked them overnight and then I directly seeded into the seed trays. And I also seeded some right into, um, garden bed West. So we'll talk about that in a couple seconds, but I wanted to see, you know, um, how the seed trays germinated versus, um, direct, direct seeding, direct sowing. So we'll talk about that in a second. But, uh, after two weeks of growing, here's how the seeds germinated, uh, lettuce, um, one of the three cells, uh, cell packs, there's nine individual cells in the little pack there. Um, one of those germinated really well, and I got a lot of good lettuce coming up. Uh, the other two trays didn't have much germination going on, and uh, I think there's only a couple plants between those two between those two packs. Um, I'm going to reseed those with different mixes to see how they do. I'm not sure what happened, but... You know, that happens sometimes, but I do have about 10 plants that are growing uh, really well. So, um, you know, I'm planning to put those in the wicking bed. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, The spinach, those had excellent germination. I only did one pack of nine and uh, they had excellent germination in each in in each of those cells. And um, I'm planning to put those in the wicking bed as well. So you can get pretty good spacing, pretty close spacing with lettuce and spinach. So I want to maximize this wicking bed that I'll talk about here in a little bit. The green bush beans, gosh, I hope they're bush beans. I've done that mistake before where some of the bean bean seeds got mixed up between bush and pole seeds. And uh, I'm pretty sure I've got uh, bush beans going, but I, I 
planted four packs of nine. So those germinated really well and they're ready to be transplanted now. So I will have to do that. I'm planning on putting those into garden bed East and, um, and then we have the sugar snap peas in the trays. They, uh, I did a whole flat. So that's, um, you know, let's see, nine times, uh, that's like 54 or 64. No, what is that? Um, my calculations are off here. Go figure, right? But um, that's quite a few. Um, that's like 70, 72, sorry, 72 um, cells with, um, with, with sugar snap peas, and they germinated really well. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, those are going to go into Garden Bed West, maybe even the wicking bed. Um, I'd like to get a little variety going in the wicking bed just to, to test it and see if this design works. So, um, yeah, they did really well, and uh, I'm going to have to transplant those and also get a trellis system in place to handle sugar snap peas. That's one of the things that uh, I learned is that uh, sugar snap peas... Um, they do okay on a single wire, you know, like uh, bringing that baling twine down like I do with cucumbers, melons, tomatoes, and peppers. They do okay with that, but they'd prefer some more, something more to grab. So I'm going to have to come up with a trellis system for that and install that both in the garden bed systems and in the wicking bed. Finally, the uh, sugar snap peas that I direct sowed, um, we got some mediocre germination there, I think. Um, you know, about half the seeds did not germinate, maybe a little more than half. Um, you know, again, uh, I did get some growth there. I'm pleased with the results. I, I wish there were more, of course, but, uh, we'll take what I got and uh, I'll add to it with the, the sugar snap peas in the trays. So, um, yeah, overall pretty good. A little disappointed with the lettuce, a little disappointed with the direct sowing of sugar snap peas. But, um, again, it goes back to controlled environments using the trays are, uh, it's pretty good. So, um, yeah, I need to plant all these plants this week and get them in the ground. Um, time is ticking. Time is running out, especially with the fall equinox coming up here. That means we are officially in fall. Um, so the next fall garden update will show all these plants and how they're doing and the, and the trellis system that I'm going to come up with. Um, cause I'm actually got, uh, a couple I'll have a couple different trellis systems kind of on top of each other which will be kind of interesting all right so that's enough about the fall crops let's talk a little bit about the uh, uh, the what's growing in the garden beds right now um, I've got two garden beds again they're uh, they're four by six square foot garden beds and um, let's talk about each one in the in square foot garden bed west um, I've got the following plants. I've got the burpee hybrid slicer tomato plants, burpee early treat tomatoes, uh, red bell peppers, and then some chives that were uh, that were uh, legacy that were in the uh, garden bed when I when I took them over. So, um, yeah, tomatoes. Uh, I've already harvested some tomatoes. I did an update uh, earlier this month about that. Um, harvested tomatoes from both the plants and. Um, I didn't, I thought they were kind of done. They look like those plants look like they were about done and not going to be able to give much more, but, uh, I was, I was wrong. Lo and behold, I was wrong. Uh, we've had some tremendous bee activity in the bed due to the, uh, the chives, the flowering chives and, uh, and with the bees hitting the chive plants, they also hit the tomato plants and they hit the uh, the pepper plants. So I've got a bunch of new tomatoes growing, which makes me really happy. 
I'm really happy about that. So um, I think we'll have another another round of tomatoes from from these plants before before the frost hits. And uh, it's kind of funny because Jules told me at one point she said, "No, oh, honey, I don't think you're going to get any peppers this year." And uh, and <laughs> I I actually did laugh at her a little bit because I knew that I had a I had some peppers coming, but. Uh, um, and I actually showed her, hey, look at all these peppers that are growing. But they've they've done really well. The red peppers, um, they've benefited benefited from the bees working the the chai plants. And I've got a bunch of peppers coming, and they're growing pretty well. The plants are really healthy. Plant uh, the peppers are growing well. Um, I'm waiting for them to get to the right size, and when they get to that right size, they'll turn red, and that's when you want to to harvest them. Of course, you can take them green, but I'd rather I'd rather have them turn red, and um, you know, got to be a little patient. I know some folks were uh, asking, uh, Alex. I know you were asking about uh, tomatoes and your green tomatoes. Be patient; they will turn green or they will turn red. Same with the peppers. Uh, don't get anxious; leave them go, um, and uh, they will ripen up on the. On, on the vines. So, um, you know, you always have to be patient, pa- patient with the pepper plants, patient with the tomato plants. Um, and I am a patient man. I've learned patience over time here. So the chive plant that's done flowering now and uh, it's loaded with seeds. I mean, those stalks are really loaded down. The bees did a great job. Um, I'm planning on harvesting those seeds. Uh, I don't want to, and storing them for the future, I don't want them spreading chai plants all over those small gardens because uh, chives will spread. That's that's their MO. And um, I experienced this down in Illinois and in other places where they seed and, and suddenly you get chives in the strangest of places. So um, I'm going to have some chive seeds. If you want some, you know, send me a message through contact, contact us page or at uh real small scale life at gmail.com and uh, we can figure something out. So um, I'm, I'm pleased. I'm pleased to get some chive seeds and, and store those for the future. Um, in square foot, that's a, that's about it for square foot garden West. Let's talk a little bit about uh, square foot garden East. Um, garden bed East has a little bit more variety of plants and that was kind of by design and a little bit by accident. <laughs> so um I've got the following plants growing in that bed. I've got cherry tomatoes. I've got the green bell, pe- green bell peppers. I've got the compost, and I'm using air quotes, cucumbers. And if you've been following Instagram, you know why. Um, I've got compost tomato plants in there and basil plants. So let's talk a little bit about each one there. The tomato plants are growing really well. The cherry uh, tomato plants, I saved those seeds from a volunteer cherry plant a couple years ago back in St. Louis Park. They are loaded down with tomatoes, so that's really good. They benefited from the, uh, the from the pollinators as well. And I've got one hybrid slicer in there, a burpee hybrid slicer. It's got a good tomato on it, but it is kind of a small plant. So there were a couple small uh, hybrid slicer plants that'll pretty much produce one or two tomatoes, and that's about it. Yeah, that's fine. Um, got plenty of other tomatoes to fill in. The compost tomatoes, those are actually plants that I salvaged from a compost pile here. They started growing, and I thought, hey, let's take those. Um, I'm a little worried that they'll run out of season, and um, they're not going to get too tall. They do have buds, though, so um, so I guess I can't worry too much, right? Uh, they do have buds on the plants. Uh, we've had all this bee activity. I've got to figure. I've got to think that they uh, were pollinated. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we'll see some new tomatoes on those plants soon. And I'm really anxious to see 
what kind of tomatoes I've got there. Because, again, uh, they just popped up. It wasn't seed that I dropped in there. I didn't even put any tomatoes in there. So um, so we'll see what happens. And, and what's also interesting, if you watch the video that I've posted on this uh, post, that I've uploaded to this post, uh, you'll see a couple baby tomato plants that popped up. I had a cherry tomato drop, um, and I think a squirrel was chewing on it. Squirrels don't like tomatoes too much, but anyway, they spread some seed, and uh, I've got a couple small tomatoes that have that have, that have started growing. So <laughs> I'm not expecting anything from those. Not really expecting much from the um, from the compost tomatoes, but you know, we'll see what happens with the compost tomatoes. It's just kind of funny how seeds seeds will do their thing. Um, I will have an article too on saving seeds. I think it's important. Uh, tomatoes are a little different. Uh, if you open up a tomato, if you cut it open. You have the seeds um, encased essentially in this, um, I don't know what the goo, (laughs) gelatinous goo. Um, So there's a little technique to um, extract the seeds from that goo and then dry them out. So I'm planning to do a little article on that, show you how I did it um, for the cherry tomatoes. Uh, And I'll I'll have that up here uh, probably next week. So... You know, if you've got some tomatoes left on the vine, if you got some things growing still, and you want to save those seeds. I'll show you how to do that. So, um, moving on to the green peppers, they are bearing fruit, which is always exciting. They're smaller than the red pepper. the The plants themselves are smaller than the one than the red pepper plants over in Garden Bed West. I'm not sure. I'm not sure why. Um, could be the soil conditions. I didn't have a chance to work this bed as well as I worked. Uh, garden bed west it could be the sun not sure exactly but the green uh, bell pepper plants are not as big as the red bell pepper plants so we'll um you know we'll still get some red uh some green bell pepper green bell peppers from these plants um i've got several that are coming and almost ready to be harvested so um you know we'll just take what we get and um like I said earlier, they, the bees did hit these plants and uh, there's a lot of buds on them. So we'll, uh, we'll expect some more before first frost hits. The uh, compost cucumbers, I'm again using my air quotes around cucumbers. Well, it turned out to be the surprise uh, planting of the year. <laughs> um, like the tomatoes, I salvaged these guys from that compost pile. Uh, and I found out recently, I mean, I talked about it where I'm like, yeah, I've got buds on these cucumber plants, but I don't see any cucumbers yet. And there's a reason why the cucumbers are actually melons. So these are melon plants. And, um, you know, Julie's dad must've thrown some melon seeds into the compost pile and they sprouted. Uh, so I've got two melons growing right now and, uh, we'll have to see how big these two melons get. I want to see, you know, if I get some more melons before the frost, um, you know, that's one of the, one of the things about grabbing plants out of the compost pile. You just never, it's like opening up a box of chocolates. you never know what you're going to get, but, um, we're rolling with it. I, uh, I did see that the bigger melon plant is cracked and that's just due to watering and, and having, you know, um, maybe too much water. So it cracked open. Well, I'll, we'll just let it go and see what happens there. Um, the bees found it when it first cracked open and, and, uh, and we're enjoying some of the, uh, some of the, the, um, sugar, sugary water that was coming out of it. So I'm not going to get too upset about it. These are compost plants, but, uh, but it is kind of interesting to see that, uh, what I thought were cukes, certainly not cukes. 
Even I can be wrong, right? Who knew? Uh, basil plants, they're doing really well. Um, I harvested the basil a couple weeks ago. You can see a video on that. I've got that uh, linked to this blog post. And, um, you know, coming back to it a couple weeks later, you can see that um, we've got new growth where I harvested that basil. Uh, these, this is a great way to get more basil from your existing plants. So they, they got new branches that sprouted off where I made cuts. And, uh, you know, it's a little counterintuitive, but if you harvest your basil, you'll get bushier plants. And, uh, you know, so harvest your plants all season long. You'll get a lot of basil out of it. And, uh, you know, you'll get more basil sprouting for where you make those cuts. You know, I had 150, 60 basil plants last year and got downy mildew. This year did not get any downy mildew. So I don't know what it was. Probably the site, maybe... Um, because I did have mildew on uh, peony plants that were upwind. Maybe the spores went downwind and got those uh, basil plants. Not sure, but uh, no downy mildew in sight on these basil plants. So I'm pretty, pretty excited. Um, all right. So let's talk a little bit about next steps here. Um, I'll be harvesting the ripe cherry tomato plants that I've got, uh, cherry tomatoes that I've got going. Um, I'll be planting the fall crops this weekend. Uh, it's time to get everything in the ground. And I just, I just don't think I've got too much time before the first frost. So I got to give everything a great chance. Um, and you know, if the cool weather, cool fall that we've had is any indication, we'll have frost before we know it, maybe even by October 10th. So I want to give these plants a chance to even to try, but you know, with the plants that I've, um, with the peas and the beans, there is some advantage. They will provide a cover crop in, in those garden beds. They will add nitrogen to the soil, natural nitrogen and other nutrients to the soil. So even if I don't get anything out of it, even if I don't get any beans or peas out of it, at least they'll be contributing to the, uh, to improving the soil quality in those garden beds. So, um, you know, no, no harm, no foul there. It's only going to benefit there. Um, so as I'm looking at those seed trays loaded with uh, peas and beans and spinach and lettuce, I have a feeling I'm going to need some more space for those plants and uh, I'm going to need a new planter. You know me, I always like to have a little project going on. So um, I've teased you guys long enough. I think for the past month, I've shown pictures every once in a while of this metal that I brought home, the steel, stainless steel. So uh, it's time. And I'm going to build that wicking bed that I've been talking about um, for fall crops. I'm going to do that this weekend. I've actually got a quiet weekend here at home, thank God. So the first one in a few months or for, yeah, pretty much a few months. So um, I'm going to build that. I'll show you how I'm going to do that. Um, I'll show you, I'm going to put together a video on that and also, uh, a write up and, um, probably, you know, some plans on how to do this. So, um, haven't, sh I'm not sure how I'm going to roll that out yet, but, um, I'm going to put this all together so you can see that. So more on that in the near future. Um, but this, where I'm going with this metal and how I'm going to build this, this is an idea I've got for a whole garden in the future. 
uh, and do all my garden beds in this way. They'll be aesthetically pleasing, really functional, and you can fire and forget. Essentially plant your plants, fill up the, the reservoir in the bottom. They'll be self-watering, and then you can leave for a week. You can go on a trip for a week, and they're not going to die from you know, uh, having a lack of water. So um, these wicking beds are used down in Australia, New Zealand, and some harsh conditions. So um, it's really appealing to me, uh, especially with some of the areas that I'm looking at for future gardens and everything. So stay tuned uh, for the next fall garden update. We'll have more information on that. Uh, and I mentioned it earlier as well. I need to develop a better trellis, trellis system for sugar snap peas. The single wire line, um, I used that last year. And with a two-inch spacing, you suddenly get this wall of baler twine coming down and peas have a mind of their own it's kind of like Groot they have a mind of their own so you gotta uh, figure something else out the wire line works great for tomatoes and cucumbers and peppers and now melons but uh, peas not so much so I've got some ideas and I'm going to test those out here again I kind of mentioned earlier it'll be a crossing of the trellis systems a little weird but we'll uh, we'll see how it plays out uh, in the next fall garden update so all right we're hitting about the uh the 24 minute mark, 25 minute mark. Uh, we're going to wrap this up here. How is your garden doing? I would love to hear how uh, how your garden is doing. I'd love a follow up garden update from you. So post some comments here um, or on YouTube under the under the video, the fall uh, garden update video. Uh, if you want to share a bigger story or your blog post on it or a video on it, uh, join Small Scale Life Facebook group and uh, share your fall update there with us. Would love to see how your your garden is doing, how your fall crop is doing, how you're preparing for winter. So share some tips with us. Join the Facebook group. I'll, I'll get you in really quick and uh, you can share your story with us there. Um, as always, if you want to be on the Small Scale Life podcast, send me a message in the in the contact us form on smallscalelife.com or send me an email at realsmallscalelife at gmail.com. So thank you for turning in, tuning in to the Small Scale Life podcast. This is Tom, Captain Tom, signing off. Remember to learn, do, and grow as you develop an intentional, sustainable, small-scale life. Now, me hearties, bring me that horizon. Yo-ho! Thanks, everybody. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. <music>